love on you on today, God, and we love you because you first loved us. So, Father, in the midst of this room, I know that your presence is here. So I thank you, Father God, for healing. I thank you for joy. I thank you for peace. I thank you for love, God. I thank you that you're in the midst of this room. And, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, which is our helper, which is our teacher. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. And, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. And, God, as I begin, God, to minister your word, I thank you that your word come in like a hammer, and it breaks the rocks into pieces. It come in like a two-edged sword. It come in like a fire and devour everything that's going on around us. We need your word, God. Oh, we need your word because your word is what quickens us. Your word is what gives us life. So, God, I speak, Father God, that people, God, shall receive life from your word on today. I bind every hindering spirit. I bind every spirit of wickedness in high places, every spirit of darkness, every principality, every power. I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. So, God, we thank you and we praise you and you shall be glorified. Amen and amen. amen. Open your Bibles to Nehemiah. And let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto you today. Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. And I believe all of us are familiar with Nehemiah, but I believe God is bringing another word. Amen. Amen. And let's look at Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, verse eight. And I will, um, well, let's start at verse uh, 10. I'm just going to do verse 10. Nehemiah 8, 10. And while the word is going forth, we want to honor his word. Amen. Amen. We want to have respect for the word because it is God speaking. Amen. I'm just a voice he's using to bring forth the word. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah eight ten. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our God, our Lord. Neither be ye sorry. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm going to read that again. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. God want to encourage you today to let you know the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I believe we say this all the time, but I don't believe we know exactly what this means. And this is why I'm going to break this down to you today to know that when you speak a thing, you have to know what you're speaking. You have to know the meaning behind that verse because all of us say this all the time. We meet a person, we say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be strengthened today. But what was happening in this passage here, in the book of Nehemiah, you know that, God had called Nehemiah to build walls and he called him to build these walls around the temple because Ezra and them, they built the temple, but now the walls of protection needed to be built around that temple so the enemy would not come in. So God put it on Nehemiah's heart to do this. And Nehemiah, he went out, he scoped it out. And after he scoped it out, he got the people together and he told them this is what need to be done. And I love in the book of Nehemiah how they got this done. They came together. All of them worked together for the work that needed to be done. 
Once Nehemiah told them what needed to be done, they had people that was right beside them helping them to get each individual act done. So I'm telling you, in this place, every joint supplies. Don't think that um, you're worthless. Don't think that you're not uh, being a part because God said every joint supply. And we're all here to work together and we're forming what? One body, the body of Christ. We need the hand. We need the foot. We need the eyes. We need the ears. When all of us come together, we can get the job done. But the Bible said in, in the book of Nehemiah, all of them had a mind to work. All of us have to have a mind to work to do the work of the Lord. If you don't have a mind to work, then you'll be in a hindrance to the body of Christ. You don't just show up just to say, I'm here, but you show up to have a mind to work because you know you're doing this unto the Lord, not unto yourself. It ain't for you. It is for his glory. So anything that you do that your hands find to do, you're going to do it unto the Lord. And I'm getting to the joy of the Lord is your strength because all of this tie in. So all of them had that mind to work. And guess what? When you come together and you have the same mind and you on one accord, don't you know the enemy is ready to bring distractions? Don't you know the enemy is ready to take you off of what God has called you to do and which he did? So the enemy came in and they began to say things against Nehemiah. They began to talk down about the people. But in spite of all of that, Nehemiah, he went to God. Nehemiah stayed in prayer. So you got to have a leader that's in prayer. You can't just have somebody just to show up to sing, somebody just to wait at the door, somebody just to do little things in the church. You want to have a leader that seeks the Lord. You want to have a leader that's always before the Lord because that leader is going to instruct you on what the Lord has to say, dealing with what he has to have done. So Nehemiah, he did not come down. Even when they sent a prophet, and I'm going to go there with the prophet. Even when they were saying, we want to meet you so all of us can come together. Nehemiah knew, no, I'm not coming down for you. This is a good work that God has given me. And why should I come down to you? So Nehemiah's heart was set out to do what God told him to do. But look how they sent a prophet. They knew a prophet was the mouthpiece for God that spoke on the behalf of God. But Nehemiah didn't fall for that. We got a lot of false prophets that's saying what you want to hear, but it's not of God. And if you're not in the word of God to know the difference, you will fall for anything and everything. Everything that bring a sign and wonder don't mean that it's God. Because the enemy will allow familiar spirits to come out and make you think that God is working and that ain't God. God said everything that say, Lord, Lord, don't know me. So if you're not in your word to know God and to hear what God is saying, you will fall for anything. But Nehemiah didn't come down because God spoke to Nehemiah. He told Nehemiah, this is what I want to be done. So God don't change his mind. God's word is sure. If God said it, he's going to do exactly what he said. He is God and not who? Man, that he should lie. So whatever God speak, that's what God means. He's not going to reverse what he said. So when somebody try to change your mind at what God has told you and you know that God has said it, your mind don't get changed that quick. So he didn't change his mind. So as they were going about the work, they had to bring Ezra in. And this is why they brought Ezra in. And this is what I want you to understand. Ezra was a scribe. And the book of Ezra in the seventh chapter, it said that Ezra prepared his heart 
to go into the, the law of God. He prepared his heart to go into the word of God. Ezra had to be prepared. Not only did he prepare his heart, he prepared his heart to hear it, but he prepared his heart to do it. So when you have someone that God has put in place that's telling you what the word is saying, if their heart is not prepared to give you what God is saying, then you don't want to just take anything. He had to prepare his heart. He heard God and he did what God was saying. So he built a reputation around about what the word of God was saying. So they trust Ezra because he prepared himself. Now we get into back into Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. I'm giving you all that to give you this. And Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, it tells you that the people in verse one, the people in verse one wanted Ezra to come in and teach them the word of God. Y'all, this is just toe up in the churches today. Nobody want to be taught no more. Nobody want to hear truth no more. People are scattered and people are everywhere because they don't want to sit down and be taught. They want somebody to prophesy. They want somebody to do all this and the other. But these people say, bring Ezra in. We want to hear the word of God. We want understanding on this word. So Ezra came in to bring them the word. And as Ezra came in to bring them the word, these people were attentive to hear what the word has to say. When you come into the house of the Lord, you're supposed to be attentive. You're supposed to be ready to hear what God has to say unto you because God's word are true. And the Bible says, sanctify me in truth because thy word is true. So when you go into the word of God, you're being set apart by the word. But if you don't go into the word of God, you can't be set apart to the word of God. So they stood up and they were waiting on the word of God to be read. The Bible said that he started that morning and he went at least about six hours and they were hearing the word of God. Nobody left because they knew that they needed the word. Why did they know that they need the word? I'm going to go back. When God told his people, the Israelites, that if they were hearken unto his voice, be obedient to all his commands, basically they would eat the good of the land. But what happened, they kept disobeying God. God had laid everything out. He had laid his laws out. This is what I want you to do. And as long as you do these things, you're going to have life and you're going to live. You're going to have life more abundantly. They kept messing up. So this is what God did. He had the Babylonians to come in, which was Nebuchadnezzar, which was the king. And he captured God's people. When you go back to the book of Jeremiah and you read Jeremiah 29, this is why Jeremiah said, the place that you're in, be at peace. He said, build houses, have children, you know, have your vineyards. He said, get set up in that place. He said, even if people amongst you, which are prophets, tell you that you're going to leave before these 70 years are up, that's not me. Don't hear that word. Here go false prophets amongst the people. Contradicting what God says. This is why you get to the verse where, go to Nehemiah 29, 11. You have to understand what the Bible is saying before you quote the word of God when you don't understand why Jeremiah is saying what he said. Jeremiah 29, 11, it goes on to tell us. Jeremiah 29, 11 goes on to tell us, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Do we not use that verse all the time? But we got to know why Jeremiah The prophet spoke that verse, spoke that word from the Lord. 
God said, I know the plans I have towards you. See, God knew that prophets was going to come in and try to tell them opposite to what God was saying. So God turned around and said, uh-uh, Jeremiah, speak to the people and tell them, I know the plans that I have towards you. Plans for good and not evil. Plans for you to have a hope and a future. Plans for you to have an expected end. What is God telling you? If you before the Lord and the Lord has given you a word, you don't take something from somebody else and say that God said. That's not what God said. So this is why um, Jeremiah said what he said to the people because he knew people were going to creep in. Why is God telling you this now? Because he knows people's going to creep in. He knows that people's going to take what you have learned and try to turn it around for their good and make it evil. But God said, I know the plans I have towards you. And whatever God says, God is going to keep his word outside of what it looked like, outside of what it appeared to be. So God said, you're going to be in captivity to the Babylonians for 70 years. You're not going to come out of that to after the 70 years are up. So God left them in that place. But guess what God said? Be at peace. God said, even though you're in bondage, I still want you to be at peace because I'm going to be with you. They're going to know that I'm still God. God already knew, y'all, that this was going to happen. He knew beforehand. This is why he told them, I want you to teach these laws and these commandments to your children. I want you to talk of my word when they rise up throughout the day and even when they lay down. Why was he saying this? Because he knew a time was coming that they were going to be in captivity and they needed the word of God. What am I saying to you? You can play around with this word all you want because the time is right now that we're going through situations and people can't even turn to the word because they ain't been in the word and they turn into everybody else trying to get a word instead of getting in the word and you believe in lies. This is what's happening to church folks because you have not prepared your heart. You have not got into the word. So when things come up in your life, you know what to turn away from. So this is what the people um, were doing. They came out of captivity. So God let them know when it's time for you to come out of captivity. And that's what it was. It was their time. Ezra, he helped build the temple. He set up the people. That's the book of Ezra. When you get into the book of Nehemiah, you see that the walls had to be built. This is where I'm going. Walls got to be built because y'all know sin entered the world through the Garden of Eden. And when sin came into the world, everything was tore up in the world. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're the temple, which is the temple that God is on the inside of us. We're the temple of God. But there have to be some protection around that temple. And if that protection is there, the enemy can't come in. What protects us? The word. So when you get into the word of God and you know that you are protected, you know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Remember, the temple was built, but they had to put a wall around the temple. You're the temple of God. The wall that gets around you is the word of God, knowing what Jesus has already done. So when the enemy come up with a lie, you say, I don't receive that. But if you let those walls come down. That's when the enemy come in and that's when things come in and deceive you because you ain't letting this word be a wall round about you. If you understand the word of God and why they say what they say, you will understand why Jesus came so you could be the temple so he could live on the inside.
inside of you so the Holy Spirit can instruct you and let you know what's yet to come so you can put up your wall of offense, which is the word of God. God wants us to have his word. So why am I saying all this? I'm going back to Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. So these people, they did not have someone to come in because they were up under the Babylonians. They let them work. They let them make money. But guess what? They were not going to do anything outside of what they believed. So they didn't have somebody to stand up like Ezra and read the word. So this was a day of celebration. I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all should be celebrating. Why should you be celebrating? Because you know what Jesus done. And if Jesus hadn't done what he done, you wouldn't be where you are today. So they came together, a day of celebration, a restoration. That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. When you know you've been redeemed, when you know the price has been paid, you should be saying so. You should be rejoicing. So these people were coming together to hear the word of God. And the thing is, they had to hear it with understanding. What they were saying was, when Ezra was presenting the word of God, he had to present that word where they can understand Back when they were up under their captivity, guess what happened, y'all? They forgot their language. They had to learn the languages of the Babylonians. So Nehemiah and them, when they come in, they had to bring that word back to their understanding because their languages had changed. Y'all don't understand that enemy will change your language. The enemy will change your way of thinking. He will change your way of doing. That's why you can't be around any and everybody. Come on, y'all don't understand school. You got to learn Spanish. You got to learn French. You got to learn all these foreign languages because you're going to have to use them one day or another. You got to know what people are saying to you. So when they brought them in there, they taught them their language. The enemy is teaching you his language. He's teaching you deceit. He's teaching you offense. He's teaching you everything that represents darkness and we're falling for it because we're not making this word our sure foundation. People wonder why we have so much division in the church. I'm going to tell you why. You got some in the word and you got some that ain't in the word. So when truth is bought to the ones that ain't in the word, they'll talk about you. They'll say you don't know what you're talking about. They ain't going to be in union on one accord with you because they ain't spending time with the Lord. And this is what God wants. Once you come over to the kingdom of light and you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness, you got to be taught. You got to be taught who you are now that you're in Christ. You got to be taught these things so we can all be on one accord so there won't be any division amongst us. God is not about confusion, y'all. He's about peace. So the reason why the churches are so toe up and everybody's doing everything except what they need to be doing is because nobody's getting into the word of God to know a change have taken place. If you don't get into the word of God and know that change have taken place, you're going to fall for in and everything. You're going to think it's okay to come to church and club the next day. You're going to think it's okay to put anything in the temple of God. Why would you want to put anything in the temple and you represent the temple and the temple is holy? So these people um, came together to hear the word of God. It was a day of celebration. And when all of them come together, y'all, to hear the word, guess what the word going to do to you? I love what daddy said, to draw you or to drive you. 
When you hear truth, the Holy Spirit brings conviction to the truth that you're hearing, does he not? But us as being born again, it shouldn't be conviction. It's going to bring us life and it's going to keep us on the right path. But the ones that don't know him, guess what? It's going to be conviction unto them knowing I can't do this no more. What I'm doing is not helping me. So they're turning unto the Lord from the word that they're hearing. So these people were in bondage so long that when he spoke the word, these people began to weep. They began to mourn because they realized the sins that they were committing was not of God. This is the problem with the church. People don't want to hear truth because they want to do what they're doing. They love the life that they're living, so they'll say, don't say nothing else about that. You all up in my business. But the thing is, when you hear truth, you're supposed to hear and do according to truth and not go back out there in the things that you're doing. Change supposed to come. Don't harden your hearts. This is what was happening to the Israelites. They were hardening their hearts. They were hearing the laws, but they were hardening their hearts to the laws. So once they heard it, they began to weep, y'all. They began to mourn because they knew what they'd done was wrong. Nehemiah, that's where this verse come in at. Why did I go through all that? Because I had to get to this verse to let you know why Nehemiah said, don't weep, don't mourn, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now I can preach on that verse. See, you got to know why they said what they said before you try to tell somebody that verse. The joy of the Lord, the reason why Nehemiah was saying that is because Nehemiah said, guess what? This is a day of celebration. We have come out of bondage. We have our temple. The wall is built around us. You should be rejoicing because it's the joy of the Lord. That's your strength. The joy that you're going to get is being in the presence of the Lord. And guess what? Strength in that verse means place of safety. It's a stronghold. It's a a refuge. So what he was saying was, you see this wall around you? He said, this is your place of protection. This is your place of safety. This is your place of refuge. You shouldn't be mourning. You should be rejoicing and giving God glory for what he has done. So your joy is in him and not in what y'all don't get it. Your joy is in him. You can't find your joy. That's why in the fruit of the spirit, there is joy. There's love, joy, and peace. So that's why the joy that you're trying to find ain't in material stuff. You already have the joy in you. That's God's joy. And I'm going to tell you how you enter in that joy. We miss it, y'all. Athea, can I have my phone? We miss it. You got to be able to enter into the joy of the Lord. But some of us have not entered into the joy of the Lord because we don't know what it is. We tell people, you can do it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you don't even know what you're saying. You're just repeating what you heard. But when you go in and the Holy Spirit give you revelation on that one verse, then you can begin to rejoice just like they rejoice because they're saying the joy that you have ain't coming from you. It's coming from his presence. Look at um, Psalm 16. We always say this one, Psalm 16. Y'all know why we bring our Bibles? So we can use them. 
You always have a Bible in the, in, in the church so you can use it. So just in case I'm moving too fast or whatever, you can go back and get the CD. But you always want to have your Bible. Amen. Psalm 1611, look at this. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Stop right there. In my presence. Who presence? You can't get no joy until you're in his presence. You can't get in his presence until you get in his word. You can't get in his presence until you get in prayer. You can't get in his presence until you get in worship. That's how you get the joy of the Lord. When you enter his presence. When you're walking in the natural, you ain't in his presence. You got to come out of the natural and you got to go to the supernatural. So he said in, in his presence is fullness. Do y'all know what fullness means? I'm going to give you an example when we eat. Some people don't know when they're full. Until they start throwing up. And they say, I done ate too much. I feel miserable. But when you're full of something, there's nothing else that's needed. So we're so full of his joy, you don't have to add nothing to it to get it. Because you have it already in you. That's why the Bible say in his presence is the fullness of joy. If you're out of his presence, you're going to try to get something else to be full of joy. You're going to go buy cars. You're going to go buy houses. You're going to go buy clothes. You're going to get your hair done, your nails done, your feet done. You're going to do everything to get that joy. That's the world's joy. It leaves you after you spend all your money. It's gone. But when you are troubled and you go into the word of God, and you begin to seek him through his word. You begin to get the fullness of joy in the midst of the storm. You begin to have peace. Because that's when you know the joy of the Lord is my refuge. The joy of the Lord is my protection. So it don't matter what's going on around you. You can have that joy. And the reason why we don't have it. Because we seeking for it. In the wrong places, but we're using that verse. And we're trying to activate something we don't understand. So that's why we have to be in his presence in order for the fullness of joy to overtake us, which we already have on the inside of us. So this is why those people, he said, I want you to go. And he said, I don't want you to mourn. No, don't get me wrong. When we do something wrong, we feel bad, don't we? Because we know what we've done is wrong. But then the Holy Spirit will kick in. And the Holy Spirit will give us a word from the word. And that word that he give us from the word, even though we've done wrong, it brings joy. I don't know about y'all. But it brings me some joy when I'm down and out, when things don't look right. Whatever I put on the inside of me, it began to come on the outside of me. And I began to feel the presence of the Lord, even in the midst of how I feel. So if you're feeling any kind of way today, it's because you haven't really stepped in the presence of the Lord. Once you step in his presence, everything else around you begin to change. Because you know that the joy of the Lord is his joy. It's not joy you have to go after. It's joy that you already have on the inside of you. Go with me to Jeremiah, the 15th chapter. And this is what Jeremiah was saying. I'm bringing these scriptures to let you know that these prophets, they went through changes through the word. They went through difficult situations. But how they were kept is because of the joy 
of the Lord. When we look in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was at the point of giving up in Jeremiah 15. And I'm going to read verse 16. This is what Jeremiah said. Thy words were found. Did y'all hear that? Thy words were found. And I did eat them. Stop right there. Thy words were found, apostle. And I did eat them. You got to taste and see how good the Lord is. How do you taste through the word? That's why Jeremiah say, thy words were found and I did eat them. Nobody can make you eat the word. Nobody can make you go into the word. But Jeremiah knew he needed the word. And then he said, and thy word was unto me. Listen at this. The joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Look at what happened to Jeremiah. He found the word of God. He ate the word of God. And then the word became joy and a rejoicing of his heart. How is the word going to become a joy and a rejoicing of your heart if you don't seek it and find it? And you do that in prayer. When you go before the Lord in prayer, you go in before him because you know you cannot do it in your own strength. You know you can't protect yourself. You know it's nobody that can help you but God. Have you ever been in a situation and you know your money can't do it? Amen. Your husband, your wife, your children, your friends can't do it. You don't even bother to pick up the phone and say, pray for me. Because you know that the only one that can help you with this is God. That's when you're entering into his presence. You got to get in a place with God. Jeremiah was in a place where he was being persecuted, where he was being ridiculed, where he was being thrown in a dungeon, where he felt like I want to give up because the people ain't accepting the word. But he said, Lord, I found your word and I ate your word and it brought a rejoicing unto my heart because I called on you. We're missing it. We're calling on other people and other things. But that rejoicing and that joy come when we enter into his presence and we're willing to hear what God has to say. So Jeremiah found the Lord because he was seeking the Lord in that place. Do y'all remember in the book of Acts between the third, fourth and fifth chapter what happened? The apostles, they were speaking in the name of Jesus and a man was healed, a miracle was done. And they said, don't speak no more in that name. And Peter said that he rather obey God than man. He saw too much in that name, not to speak in that name. Now, knowing that Peter had said this, they began to beat Peter and them. They beat him, they let him go, but they said, don't you say nothing else in that name. But when they let him go, guess what they were doing? They were rejoicing. They were giving God glory. Joy come all over them. Why? Because I was persecuted for his name's sake. Some of us back off of Jesus. We back off of our testimony because we don't want people to think we're crazy. We don't want people to think that we know a God who sits high and looks low. We don't leave rejoicing. We leave trying to make friends so we won't be persecuted. But these men... They said, we will continue to speak in his name. I give you glory, God, that I was persecuted for your name's sake. Can you give him glory when your friends talk about you? Can you rejoice then when your family don't want to have nothing to do with you because you don't come down? Because they say they know him, but they still out partying, they still cursing, they still disrespecting the God that's in you. 
Can you rejoice when they said, don't come back to my house? Can you give him glory? But some of us want to keep company with those type of people because we love family more than we love God. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. How you entering in the presence of the Lord. You got to let go of stuff that's going on around you. I love you, baby. I love you, son. But my love for God is more than my love that's for you. Because I know that if I'm seeking his face, you can hate me all you want. Because the Bible said that they hated him and they're going to hate me. So I'm going to rejoice because you hate me. Because I'm telling you the truth. Some people ain't rejoicing. We still talking about the joy. Don't even use that verse no more if you don't know what you say. Because when you use that verse and say the joy of the Lord is my strength, you are protected. You are rejoicing because God is keeping you, not man. So whatever you use and know what you're saying before you use it because the enemy is laughing at you. That's why that was in the Bible. Because those people recognize. And then they told them, we're celebrating. Now I want you to be merry. I want you to eat the fat. He was telling them what to do. But this is what they said. But don't leave the poor out of it. I want you to take portions to the poor. Why? Because they're going to begin to rejoice as you take them portions. That they couldn't earn. Y'all don't get it. Then the joy of the Lord is going to be their strength. Then they're going to begin to rejoice because they said, God still loved me in my poor state. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. We get more than enough and we try to find other ways to use it. If we seek the Lord why he can be found, he'll say, take it to her. When you take it to her, she begin to rejoice. Joy begin to come in the midst of her sorrow because she said, God has entered my house. Oh, somebody better know what they're saying. You better know what the word is saying. So we're supposed to do what the word is saying. How can I have a house full of something? And people are homeless. Some of our houses didn't get damaged. We're still in our home. You got people that is out of homes, camping out, trying to make a way. It is our, it is us, the people of God that should be praying and say, God, send me. Who do you want me to go to and give them a portion of what I have so they can receive this joy that I have that's coming from you? Look at your neighbor says, the joy of the Lord steal your strength. See, I wouldn't answer that yet. You better know what you're saying. We say so much that the word is saying, but we don't take time to get revelation off of why it was said. It was put in the word of God for a reason. And if you ain't studying to show yourself approved, a workman that's rightly dividing the truth, then you're going to be deceitful when you're speaking a word that you don't know nothing about. That's why they had to explain this to them distinctively. They had to give them understanding so they would understand clearly what the word of God is saying. I ain't got time for this huffing and puffing. Now, if you're going to huff and puff, huff and puff so I can understand. Don't be huffing and puffing just to stir up a crowd. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down, sit down. 
Huff and puff with understanding so I can grab hold to what you're saying. So when I leave, I won't have imitators say, oh, uh-huh. oh Mary had a little lamb and the fleece was white as snow. Did you hear me now? Mary. And then y'all go out and preach the same thing. That's what the enemy wants. But we got to know what the word is saying. We cannot be a doer until we're a hearer. You can't be a hearer or a doer until you got that middle part of understanding. So don't be trying to carry a word to somebody that you don't understand and you ain't doing yourself. So these people, they had joy when they was being persecuted. The reason why they had joy because they was in his presence. And the things that people done to them didn't bother them. They could still rejoice. Y'all don't know about y'all, but I'm still rejoicing. Even in the midst of ridicule, even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of being talking about, I can still rejoice because I'm doing it unto the Lord. Everything I do, I do it unto him. It don't matter what people think. It don't matter what people say. It don't matter because I'm doing it unto him and he's going to get the glory from what I'm doing. Because it's about him, it's not about me. There was something that I read, and I'm going to let you know how this woman, I pray that I can pull it up, received the joy of the Lord. And what we're saying is the joy of the Lord, it brings you everything you need. Amen? Does it not? Does it not? Does it not? Have y'all noticed that when you're low on money, And it looked like things are not working out for you. Have you ever been there? Wait a minute now. That's supposed to be the loudest yeah in the room. Because everybody here been low on cash. You may have a little bit in your bank, but you depending on that little bit and act like you all this in a bag of chips. But when that little bit gets so low that it ain't growing no more, you sad. Come on, and mad. And trying to find a way to get more money. Come on, somebody. You trying to find a way because your check didn't look right this week. So you done got so sad, your stomach feeling funny. You worrying about how you're going to eat. Nobody know about that. I guess I'm the only one that know about that, huh? And that can be honest to that, right? Y'all know, don't you get sad in them times? Anybody? Don't you get low? And then what make it so bad when you're trying to eat bologna sandwiches, right, honey? And the crew, other crew is going in the restaurant and you sitting there with Oscar Maya and you know him by the first name. And everybody else is eating all this nice food, this fried chicken, but he knowing Oscar Maya and he crying because he got Oscar Maya. Is that the truth? So then when he come home, he got to be encouraged to let him know it ain't going to always be Oscar Maya, honey. We're going we're gonna to get up to the top. See, you got to get encouragement and do an encouragement. The joy of the Lord was your what? The joy of the Lord brought him protection. It brought him safety to say, I can eat Oscar Maya, God, until you finish with Oscar Maya. This is what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are too proud. You don't want to let people know I'm in this situation. And all the time, you don't have to let them know. Your continents show where you are. Don't let nobody ask you to give nothing. You ain't got no joy. When we talk about giving, some of y'all act like you just died. You act like you can't make it. You act like you ain't got nothing. Don't ask nobody for $5. That's McDonald's money. You get sad. I'm talking. It shouldn't be like that with us Christians. 
When we give, we should rejoice in our giving. Because we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Everything we do, we should find joy in it because it's in the Lord. Listen at this. I'm on the wrong side. Thank you, Lord. I'm learning. Listen at this, y'all. There were some prisoners. True story. They were locked up. They were captured. And they had a cell. And in that cell, when they went back and looked in that cell, it had the joy of the Lord is my strength. They said, how in the world would you put that in there? Knowing that you're being beaten, knowing that you're being persecuted, but you're going to say the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because they even knew behind bars that they had found protection in the Lord. They said they would see them in their cells, going round about the cells rejoicing, giving God glory even in the cell. They were captured, but they were finding joy in the Lord. Who does that, y'all? You know who does that? The people that are in the word. The people that are staying full of God's promises. But there was a woman. And this woman had a husband that was a pastor. This pastor was out all the time. And she was a young woman. True story. And this young woman was upset with her husband because he was never there for her. But he was always there for everybody else. She became lonely. This is what this woman did one day. This woman one day, she walked out in the garden that was at the church and she began to seek the Lord and as she began to seek the Lord she felt his presence and this is what was said I want y'all to catch this because I think y'all know this I came to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ears the son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me And he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Have y'all ever sung that? That's where that come from. She got in his presence. So see, even songs you hear, you got to understand where those songs come from. We sing songs, we practice songs, but if you don't go back and meditate on the words of those songs, You just sing it. It's just in your head. But when it get in your heart, not only your lips begin to move, but your body is showing the joy of the Lord. Everything we do is supposed to be done in joy. Now, do y'all understand why I move all over the place? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. He's the one that keeps me. I don't depend on man to do it. I depend on God. So when I go into the word, I don't just go into the word and pull something out and just throw it at you like you a dog and giving you a bone. But I go into the word and let the word speak to me first. And if I'm not receiving what I need to receive from the word, why I want to give it to you? Some of us go in the word so we can be exalted. Things just don't happen in your life for you. Things happen in your life to be a testimony for somebody else, not for you to shine. It's for the joy of the Lord. It's for people to rejoice, not at you, but at what God has done for you and through you. People got a tendency to 
to forget. They're trying to make money off of them. And if you don't know truth, you will be doing things that God ain't told you to do. So the joy of the Lord is our strength, y'all. And it, because the joy comes from him, the joy takes over every stronghold in your life. That joy, when you're going through a storm, when you get in his presence, when you begin to seek him, you don't think about the storm no more. You begin to rejoice through the storm. You don't wait on nothing to happen. You're giving God glory for what has already happened because you begin to feel his joy in the midst of it. You don't have worry no more. I never seen a person go in the presence of God and come out the same way. You ain't in his presence. Because when you go in his presence, you casting all your cares over to him because you know he cares for you. And when you coming out, there's a change with you. Your husband know it. Your wife know it. Your children know it. Your family know that change have taken place because you in the presence of the Lord. You come out rejoicing at being in what? His presence. So next time you use that verse... Know what you're saying. Say, God, I'm rejoicing because of what you said, not because of what's going on in my life right now. Because, God, I'm going to stand on your promises, not on what my money look like, not on how my body feel, but I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it because you are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my shield. You are my strong tower. I don't have to do anything but get in your presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So when you get in his presence, you're not going to miss nothing. You're going to get that joy. You're going to get that love. You're going to get that peace. But God has shown me too many people ain't in his presence because you're still doing the same thing, just a different day. When you get in his presence, just like these people heard the word of God and it brought them in the presence of God and they begin to weep. They begin to mourn because they knew what they did was wrong and that's not what God gave Jesus for y'all. I don't know about y'all, but if he shed his blood and he died for my past, my present, and my future sins, then why am I still holding on to something that he done away with? The truth is, your heart is hard. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot. Either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve Satan. Either you're going to serve the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. Either you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. God made a way and he made a choice for you. He told us to choose life. Choose life. He's given you the choice today, y'all, on what to choose. I just love the word so much, y'all, because when I go into the word, it changed me. Every time I go into the word, it reminds me of who I am now that I'm in him. And sometimes things will pop up where I got to apologize. We're human, y'all. Some people are so stubborn that they know they're wrong. But yet they won't say that they're wrong because they feel like people look at me different. That's pride. And where pride is, there is a fall. If you're wrong, say you're wrong. 
then you can become right. Then sometimes you're right, you got to become wrong to humble yourself. Because the Bible says if we humble ourselves up under the mighty hand of God, then we will be exalted in what? Due season. Some of your seasons haven't come yet because you have not humbled yourself up under his mighty hand. If you want joy to be flowing in your life, you're going to have to get before him. You're going to have to seek him while he can be found as many times that I felt down and out. But I assure y'all, when I go sit before the Lord and hear a word from the Lord, I can get up and rejoice and say, God, I receive it. I thank you for that. When money didn't look right, when it looked like we didn't have no place to go, I would say, Lord, I thank you because you already made a way out of no way. So you got to have a leader that's seeking God while he can be found. I'm not the type of leader just because the church is being renovated to say, I want to cancel all services. You need the word. The word is what keeps you. Some people say, I can get it at home, but the Bible say, do not what? We come together to encourage one another. So when we come together, you find encouragement amongst one another. You find that joy, that rejoicing. I can say this yesterday, all of us come out here. Some of us came out here and we worked together to accomplish this on today. And we were starting out there with those pods. I'm not going to lie to y'all. We got the pods on the side and it's got the church stuff in it. Miracle Temple, I want to tell y'all, y'all should be rejoicing because the place that you're in, where we walk by faith and not by sight, this church has four storage buildings off-site full of stuff, have a trail in the yard full of stuff, two pods full of stuff, then the church with a corner full of stuff. So we come out to accomplish your work yesterday by getting rid of some of the stuff in the pods. So when they take the pods, we'll just have one pod we have to worry about. Y'all, I received joy yesterday just sitting there amongst the saints. I don't know about the ones that were there. Did y'all have joy? Was y'all, did y'all have joy even in the midst of the work? It felt good because all of us come together. So the Lord was in the presence of us. And my husband was so funny because we had all the men emptying out the pods and all the women and Thea and all us, they wanted to throw away the stuff. Y'all, we said, no, 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 no. Can't throw that away. We're going to keep that. My husband said, well, what's the point? The point is put it in the building. After we finished, my husband said this. He said, man, I want to ask you something. I said, yeah. What did we accomplish? Two of them still full. (laughs) Praise Jesus. At least we know what we got. But it was joy in that. Because we came together and then they had to come over here and get everything set up over here that needed to be set up so we could come together today. I got joy in all of that. Why? Because I said we were working together to accomplish something. The Bible said everything that we do, we do it unto the Lord. God has blessed the works of our hands, y'all, and we're doing a work for him. So I thank God for how, and he even used the custodians. They put out the chairs for us. Everybody was here doing a work unto the Lord. We had some people asking us to help, but we already had everything set up accordingly. But look what God has done. That should bring you joy, Miracle Temple. Knowing that God loves you so much that he wants you to get what you need. 
That's joy. But some of us don't even see that as joy. Some of us see that as an opportunity to stay home on Sunday. Yeah. I see it as the love of God. So God is telling us today that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So no matter what you're going through today, no matter what you've been through, if you have gotten this word on today, you should have some joy. You should be encouraged to say, God, I can do it. God, I can make it. Because the joy don't come from me, it comes from you. And God, I'm protected. I'm in a safety zone because I'm in you and you and me. So next time I get down, we don't have no reason to be depressed if we're in the presence of the Lord. Depression come when we come out of his presence. I'm a witness. When you allow worry to overtake you, you step it into depression, not in his presence. In his presence, there's no depression, there's no oppression, there's no sickness, there's no worry, there's no lack, because you entered into his presence. So if you down and out, I double dare you to get before the Lord and just begin to praise him and say, God, no matter what it looked like, you already knew about it. So I'm going to give you glory because you're not going to leave me like this. I'm going to rejoice. And again, that's why Paul said rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Y'all, we supposed to be rejoicing. Even in the midst of what's going on, we supposed to have joy because that's how God work. We don't supposed to be like natural. We supposed to be in the presence of God at all times. And that takes time in the word of God. Jeremiah done it. What makes us different from Jeremiah and the other people? So remember, when you say that verse, that the joy of the Lord is my strength, know what you're saying, and know that God loves you in spite of what's going on around you. Amen? Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. He is a wonder, is he not? I'm going to have to be obedient. It's another verse God wants somebody to have. And I hope that you got all the verses. Y'all remember in um, Luke, we're dealing with Mary and how she conceived Jesus in her womb. Go with me to Luke 144. Everything we need, y'all, is in the word if we take time and go in it. But we can't go in it if we don't apply it. Look at Luke 144. It says here, before we look at that, no, I want to look at Luke 144. It says, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Why was John leaping? He heard the word. Jesus came in the room and John began to leap in Elizabeth's belly. So what am I telling you? When the word come in the room, there should be some leaping. There should be some rejoicing. There should not be any sleeping. Amen. Because you're in the presence of the Lord because he is the word. So I want you to remember that. John leaped in the womb because he was in the presence of Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. I'm going to be the one to prepare the way for Jehovah is salvation. Jesus, the son of God. So he was leaping for joy. So that gave Elizabeth confirmation 
that you're carrying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then Mary began to rejoice because it was an honor and a privilege to be carrying his word. You should be rejoicing that you can be a carrier of his word. So we should be rejoicing and have joy. Amen. 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 This young lady right here, 